When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season, where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, Murder at the Warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building, and how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, 
They make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. Scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Sometimes, despite all the good you do in the world, you can get caught up in a fight that has dire consequences. On October 19th, 2004, a beloved care worker in Iraq was abducted and thrust into a fight that for some reason, ended in her life. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Margaret Hassan, born Margaret Fitzsimmons in Dublin, Ireland on April 18, 1945, moved to London, England with her parents soon after the end of World War II. It was here where she would spend most of her formative years welcoming younger siblings along the way and, at the age of 27, married 29-year-old Tassin Ali Hassan, an Iraqi student studying engineering in the UK. Together, the new couple moved to Iraq in 1972, where she began work with the British Council of Baghdad, teaching English while she learned Arabic and worked towards her Iraqi citizenship. Everything seemed to be going well for Margaret, and in the early 1980s, she became the assistant director of studies at the British Council, and later, the director, living and working in Baghdad during the 1991 Gulf War that, at the end, when the council suspended its operations, left her jobless. So, while Tassin worked as an economist, Margaret went into humanitarian work and joined the newly established CARE International in 1991. The organization's main concern involved the sanitation, health, and nutrition of Iraqi citizens, and Margaret, who was integral in bringing leukemia medicine to child cancer victims in 1998, soon became a vocal critic of the United Nations restrictions and the U.S.'s invasion of Iraq in 2003, arguing that they were already living through an emergency and did not have the resources to add an additional crisis. By 2004, she was the head of operations at CARE and, due to all her work in the community, became a sort of celebrity drawing crowds of locals when she went out in public and referred to lovingly as Madam Margaret. But it was her loud voice and desire for change that would be both her biggest asset and her inevitable downfall. On October 19, 2004, 59-year-old Margaret Hassan was kidnapped while in Baghdad, and in a ransom video that was soon released, pleaded for the withdrawal of the British troops. On the tape, she said things like, These might be her last hours. Please help me, the British people, tell Tony Blair to take the troops out of Iraq and not bring them here to Baghdad, and claimed she did not want to die like Mr. Bingley a reference to Kenneth Bingley, who was executed in Iraq just a few weeks before. Those who knew and loved Margaret were furious with the patients of an Iraqi hospital taking to the streets to protest the abductor's actions. 
The following day, Care International announced it was halting its operations in Iraq and doing all they could to try and secure Margaret's safety, while Tassin made an emotional plea for his wife's safe return. And on October 25th, between 100 and 200 Iraqis protested outside Care's offices demanding her release and prominent members of the Iraqi government called for the release and condemned the actions of the kidnappers. People all around the world wanted to help this woman, with the former Prime Minister of Australia and founder of Care Australia and the former Japanese Prime Minister making joint statements appealing for her release and the Australian government offering to speak with her kidnappers, with Tony Blair, the British Prime Minister, ensuring he would do all that he could to try and bring her home. On October 27th, a new video was released on the Iraqi television network Al Jazeera, in which Margaret pleaded once again for the withdrawal of British troops, as well as the release of all female prisoners in Iraq and for Care International to close its offices in the country. Care International announced the very next day that it closed all of its operations and once again pleaded for Margaret's release. On November 2nd, 2004, Al Jazeera reported that the kidnappers sent a video in which they threatened to hand her over to the group responsible for Kenneth Bingley's execution. But on November 6th, a statement reportedly from the group's leader appeared on an Islamic website saying that unless they had information that proved Margaret was aligned with the invading coalition, they needed to release her immediately. The statement, however, could not be authenticated, and the video was never broadcast on humanitarian grounds. There was very little that could officially be done to find Margaret Hassan. On November 15, 2004, U.S. Marines in Fallujah uncovered the body of an unidentified blonde woman with her throat sliced and her arms and legs severed. While it took some time to identify this woman, investigators were almost certain it wasn't the body of brunette Margaret Hassan. Then, the day after the unknown body was found, the unthinkable happened. CNN reported that CARE had issued a statement indicating that the organization was aware of a new video showing Margaret's execution, which purportedly took place on November 8, 2004. Al Jazeera reported the same, but claimed that they could not confirm its authenticity. It apparently showed a blindfolded Margaret, a woman who spent most of her life caring for others, being shot by a masked assailant. The group has never identified themselves, and the body of Margaret Hassan has never been found. Around the time of Margaret's abduction, at least eight other women were kidnapped by insurgents, all of which were released unharmed, and to this day, it's unclear why Margaret Hassan seemed to be the exception. She was opposed to the war, lived in Iraq for many years, was a citizen, was married to an Arab Muslim, spoke fluent Arabic, and most of all, made such an impact on the lives of many Iraqis that they wanted to erect a statue in her honor. On May 1st, 2005, three men were questioned in connection with Margaret's murder. And on June 5th, 2006, news reports surfaced claiming that a man named Mustafa Salam al-Jabouri was sentenced to life imprisonment for aiding and abetting the kidnappers while the other two men were ultimately acquitted. The verdict, understandably, left Margaret's family devastated. It remains unclear how involved this man and the men who were acquitted were in her murder. He would later appeal his sentence and be granted a shorter imprisonment. 
In 2008, a man known as Abu Rasha, an architect in Baghdad, was arrested for trying to extort $1 million in return for the location of Margaret's body. He reportedly had intimate details about Margaret, some of which was only known by her close relatives and friends, and attempted to use that leverage to get some money. He pleaded not guilty and later claimed to have nothing to do with her abduction, saying he only signed his original confession because he was subject to beatings and electrical shocks during his questioning. He was given a life sentence for the attempted blackmail, and Margaret's family pleaded with him to tell them where her body was if he truly knew. On July 14, 2010, the day before he was set to appear in court for a retrial, Abdul Rasha seemingly disappeared from the prison in which he was being held. In fact, he had been missing for about a month and had not appeared in any of the previous retrial dates. A year later, the deputy justice minister admitted that Abu, whose real name was Ali Lutfi Jassar Awari, had escaped with help from the Baghdad Central Prison during the riots in September of 2009. He was the only inmate to escape. To this day, neither he nor the remains of Margaret Hassan have ever been found. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on October 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. <laughs>